Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm joined by Eric Scheidler, the executive director of the Chicago-based Pro-Life Action League. We're recording this interview outside the Waterleaf Pro-Life Women's Center, and next door is the big Planned Parenthood in Aurora. Eric, from your pro-life perspective, what's your reaction to the national elections? Well, Monty, it looks like the drumbeat of extremism from Democrats has hit home, at least in, in many places around the country. We've seen elections not go our way that we should have won, and that may have been the issue. The real sort of shame of it all is the lies and disinformation behind it all. You know, there was this rabid focus on the tiny percentage of abortions that have to do with these extreme edge cases, uh, horrific health problems or uh, cases of, of, of extreme sexual abuse going on. And sadly, voters were, were confused by that misinformation, by that focus on these very rare cases. The American people don't, you know, still to this day realize how bad Roe v. Wade was for this country and what the impact of abortion really is on the lives of regular people. But again, we have to remember that an election is just an election. There are other priorities we have as pro-lifers. Number one is being out at places like this, at Planned Parenthood, offering women help. And at centers like Waterleaf Women's Center, where we're recording this interview, that's where change can really happen. And whatever the law is in Illinois or any other state, if we can save a baby from abortion on a day, we've saved that child regardless of the law. We've overturned the laws for that child, and, and that's where we need to bring our focus. And then we live to fight another day. The next election comes along and we fight again. And I think as time goes by, Americans will see more and more what the end of Roe v. Wade has done to improve the status of, of families in this country, and uh, we'll start to see the tide turn again. J.B. Pritzker has been reelected. You're disappointed. He still has a pro-abortion agenda here in Illinois. You know, we fought the good fight to try to unseat J.B. Pritzker. He is arguably the most pro-abortion governor in the entire country, especially when you consider his personal wealth. I mean, here he is, this fat cat billionaire who is telling poor women in our state, you really just need abortions. Illinois has um, one of the highest abortion rates in the country, despite a pretty high level of social spending. The priority in Illinois is not on women and families. It's not on making it possible, especially for poor disadvantaged women, to choose life when circumstances are difficult. It's a real failure on Pritzker's part. It's sad to see that he's going to continue to voice that agenda on our state. But it's on us then, as pro-life people, as Christians, to have a counter message, to be out there at the abortion facilities, to be out in the public square, sharing the truth about what abortion is doing to this state, and pray for change here on the ground between elections and then seek electoral change the next time we get the chance. It seems as though the governor and his allies are saying the best we can do for women is abortion. We can't offer alternatives? It's been very distressing over the last six months to hear both J.B. Pritzker and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot pour money and resources into abortion, push the message that what disadvantaged women need and want for a better life is abortion. The reality is that abortion is desperately unwanted by 
thousands of women in Illinois every year who feel they have no other choice. They're being pressured by their employer, by their boyfriend, by their, their husband or, or lover, or whatever the case may be. They feel they're being coerced into abortion. J.B. Pritzker doesn't care. He pushes this abortion message on, on all of them and does so aggressively. When it comes to poor women, he just pushes abortion on them, doesn't offer them the kind of assistance and support they really need to choose life. An element of racism to that? I think there absolutely is an element of, of soft racism in the uh, pushing of abortion on minority populations, on the poor. We know that about 28% of abortions are done on black mothers, and despite the fact that uh, African-American women are only 13% of women, more than twice the number of abortions that you'd expect from that proportional population. It just shows you that the, the racism that founded Planned Parenthood and that is behind so much of the support for abortion is continuing. And at this moment, when the country is focused on systemic racism and focused on this issue in a new way in the last couple of years, that this issue of abortion hasn't been addressed except you know, by the rare voice on the margins is a real failure on the part of, of those who claim to care about racial justice. Eric, the fall of Roe has led to a dramatic increase in the number of abortions in Illinois because surrounding states have enacted safeguards to protect babies and their mothers and Planned Parenthood is expanding its footprint in Illinois even starting up mobile abortion units. How should Christians respond to that? If Planned Parenthood is coming to their community or expanding operations what should they do? Well, Planned Parenthood has been preparing for this day for many, many years. They built this gigantic abortion facility in Aurora way back in 2007, anticipating the possibility of expansion uh, if Roe v. Wade were ever overturned. The more recent construction of massive abortion centers in Flossmoor and then in Waukegan, down in Fairview Heights near St. Louis, further was attempting to exploit the situation if Roe v. Wade were ever overturned, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to open up a facility now in Carbondale. They've expanded abortion in Champaign. They've got a massive call center down in Fairview Heights. The governor, J.B. Pritzker, has helped them to fund that. And now they've got a mobile unit that is scouring the borders of Illinois looking for abortions to perform. It's really macabre. How do we respond to this? Well, first of all, we resist it at every, every opportunity. When Planned Parenthood came into here to Aurora, we pushed hard against the city council. They conducted an investigation. There was a federal court case. The, the construction was, was held up for a while. Down in Carbondale, people are fighting. In Waukegan and Flossburg, they didn't have the chance because city officials were lied to, the same thing that happened here in Aurora. But number one is to resist at the levels we can, at the municipal government levels, and go to the city council meetings. Once a place is open, though, you come out here. Planned Parenthood here in Aurora has been open for 15 years now, and we've had a vibrant pro-life community out here week after week after week after week because of that commitment. We don't have to rely just on watching what Planned Parenthood does in the news or waiting for, for the chance to cast our votes on election day. We can get out on the front lines at abortion facilities throughout the year, and I really think that's what pro-life Christians need to do if they really care about unborn babies and their moms. Eric, we have taxpayer-funded abortions through Medicaid, repeal of parental notice, Roe versus Wade codified into state law. I think a lot of Christians have been praying, but they're discouraged. What do you say to them? If you're feeling discouraged about the situation here in Illinois, the very first thing you need to do is get actively involved with the pro-life movement. Whether that means coming out to 
pray regularly at a place like Planned Parenthood in Aurora or down in Flossmoor or up in Waukegan, or whether that means partnering with a pro-life organization like the Pro-Life Action League or Illinois Family Institute or Waterleaf Women's Center here where we're recording to provide the, the prayer and financial resources that they need to carry on the battle. Find that way to be involved actively yourself. When you're watching from the sidelines, you're going to be discouraged. When you're engaged with an organization that's making a difference, when you're getting my email updates, when you're getting you know, the, the newsletter from Waterleaf, when you're hearing what's happening at IFI, that's when you start to feel more encouraged because you see the difference that regular people are making. So number one is get engaged. Number two is you really have to reach out to your pastors. Too many of our pastors are afraid to talk about these issues. And um, you know they care about the issue. It's on their heart. They recognize the pastoral need, too there are people at these churches who are hurting from abortion but they're afraid it will hurt the bottom line they're afraid that it will upset people uh, they're afraid especially like secret churches that people will be turned away we need to find a way to support our pastors in reaching out and talking about this issue talking about elections talking about assistance to women talking about the extremism of jb pritzker and the democrats here in illinois because the churches can make a huge difference. We can't rely completely on church officials. It's easy to point to the officials and say, you know, people in authority need to take more responsibility. But they can make a difference, especially when we support them. And that doesn't mean like pointing the finger and saying, you know, scolding your pastor, but saying, how can I help? What can I do to make it easier for you to talk about this issue that so desperately needs to be discussed? Congregations, parishioners need to kind of take the lead enforce the issue. That's right. I mean, every so often you see a pastor who gets uh, passionate about the abortion issue and makes it a centerpiece of their mission. But more often it's the people in the church who encourage the pastor, who get his support for doing different projects in the in the church community, for maybe starting a pro-life group that's going to be more actively involved in the community. Pastors the difference they can make is tremendous, but they desperately need us to be supportive of them and encouraging of them. We need to have that right kind of ethos of support and encouragement. Before we take a break, you mentioned that listeners could get your emails. How can they do that? If you want to stay connected with the Pro-Life Action League, visit us at prolifeaction.org. We have an email sign up at the bottom of the page there. Give us your zip code, your email address, and we'll keep you in touch with what's happening. There's things happening all the time. If you're not plugged in, you're not going to know what's going on, and that's going to make you feel more discouraged. If you can make a phone call, push the pro-life cause, if you can go and hold a picket sign, those things are going to make you feel a lot more optimistic about the situation. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We'll continue our conversation with Eric Scheidler, the executive director of the Chicago-based Pro-Life Action League, right after this. With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Last month, the American College of Nurse Midwives held its Midwifery Works Conference. For the first time in six years, the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists were not there. Why? Well, because they were disinvited by conference organizers just a month before it. The decision by conference officials to ban pro-life OBGYN have come amid threats to decertify those who spread so-called abortion misinformation. In other words, anyone who rejects the idea that elective abortions are part of reproductive health care for women should not, they say, serve as a midwife. According to APLOG CEO Donna Harrison, three national studies have revealed that somewhere between 75 and 93% of OBGYNs do not perform abortions in their practices. So, despite the fact that the vast majority of OBGYNs do not perform abortions, the message from the American College of Nurse Midwives is either embrace the culture of death or choose another career. 
APLOG is constantly confronting actual misinformation about abortion. You can learn more about them at www.aplog.org. That's www.aaplog.org. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Lurick here along with Eric Scheidler, the executive director of the Chicago-based Pro-Life Action League. We're recording this interview outside the Waterleaf Pro-Life Women's Center here in Aurora, right across the street, the big Planned Parenthood in Aurora. Eric, the Biden administration wants to expand abortion beyond Roe through the so-called Women's Health Act. The danger of that passing lessened because of the outcome of the election. But Christians and conservatives still have to put the heat on Republicans to make sure they stop this. That's right. We've seen uh, in the wake of Roe v. Wade being overturned by the Supreme Court in the Dobbs v. Jackson case that some of our Republican uh, politicians are waffling. We've even seen a few of them flip-flop and decide that they're pro-choice. Others have backed away, you know, scrubbing pro-life positions off of their websites and backtracking. We've seen some politicians in states that now have the chance to make much more aggressive gains for the pro-life cause in terms of limiting abortion, balk at it. Politicians, legislators who signed statements saying that they were no exceptions candidates, that they were 100% pro-life, suddenly not so sure that they want to actually do it when it comes down to it. So what that means for us as voters is we need to hold their feet to the fire. If you just uh, voted for a pro-life candidate that got elected, write them an email saying, I voted for you and I expect you to stand by the pro-life cause. Send them a tweet. Uh, reach out to them on social media. They need to hear from you, not just your vote on election day, but stay in touch with them. And not just when there's a bill for them to vote on or vote against or what have you, but on the regular. You know, let your state rep, let your state senator, let your federal congressmen and, and senators know uh, that you're pro-life, even if they're not. They need to hear from you so that they know that you still exist. That may, over the course of time, help them to you know modulate their opinions a little bit uh, we've seen you know people change their views on abortion at the political level we can help to affect that by being a voice u.s house democrats pushing to create a new senior official at the department of health and human services who would monitor and respond to what they call misinformation about abortion access and what they say are other reproductive and sexual health services what could this so-called misinformation czar mean for the Pro-Life Action League and other pro-life organizations? It's been very troubling over recent years to see how both the federal government and state governments and big tech are collaborating, I would say conspiring, to limit our freedom of speech. Now on YouTube, new pro-life videos are labeled with a abortion information label for people to find out about abortion uh, as if um, viewers of videos can't make up their own minds about things. This latest move to to see if, about creating an official to deal with disinformation so-called on the abortion issue. You know, we've been told again and again that our pictures are doctored, that uh, unborn babies are clumps of tissue. Uh, we have Joe Biden on television claiming that nobody knows when life begins. And yet, there was that horrible scandal of Planned Parenthood harvesting body parts just a few years ago. If these are not human beings, why are we harvesting human tissue from them? Why do we want this human tissue to experiment with or to use for transplants or to use for other things on the medical side? 
It doesn't make any sense. Of course these are human beings. They're, Joe Biden is lying. I mean, when you've got the president himself guilty of tremendous amounts of, of just, I'm going to call them lies, disinformation, misinformation. Let's call it what it is, lies. Lies about when life begins. Lies about what abortion really does. Lies about who gets abortions and when they get them and what late-term abortion is really all about. And my hope is that we will be able to stop this on the basis of the First Amendment. Uh, we would certainly, as a pro-life action league, we would be deeply troubled by such a move and would immediately sue to stop any type of uh, an office from limiting our rights in any way. Democrats at the federal and state level essentially want to regulate pro-life pregnancy care centers out of business. How do we stop this? Well, fortunately for us, there was a very strong Supreme Court case, Nifla versus Becerra, uh, Becerra, who's now the Department of Health and Human Services head. He was the uh, Attorney General of California at the time. They passed a law in California requiring pregnancy centers to put a big disclaimer up saying that they're not abortion facilities, sort of apologizing for not doing abortions. You know, essentially f forcing those who run these centers to engage in speech with these signs that they don't agree with, that they are, are compelled to make. And so that, that case was very decisive and threw down that law as totally unconstitutional. However, that did not stop State Rep Barbara Hernandez, my state rep, from proposing a similar bill here in Illinois earlier this year. We were able to protest that. We had a massive group show up at her office in Aurora to protest. 24 hours notice, in the middle of the day, we had 70, 80 people come out. So it's a huge turnout, and she decided to drop that issue. But we expect to see it come back again and again here in Illinois and all over the country and nationally. Elizabeth Warren has been freaking out about this, too, as if it's some sort of tragedy that a woman would get help and not have to get an abortion. That's what these centers do. They help women. They're under attack. They've been vandalized. The FBI is ignoring this. We've seen no arrests, no move by the Joe Biden administration on this issue. Our pregnancy centers are helping women day after day after day and it drives the abortion industry crazy. It, it drives the abortion advocates like Joe Biden crazy, Elizabeth Warren. They're losing their minds over it. Fortunately, though, the Supreme Court has stood by us, and we expect the courts to continue to uphold our First Amendment right to offer abortion alternatives. We're going to fight it at the court level. We're going to keep fighting it right on the ground at the pregnancy centers across the country. They do great work. Eric, do you foresee any type of legislative attack on Christian schools or Christian home education if they do not advance experimentation pro-abortion sex ed? You know, I am concerned about the effort to force Christian schools and Christian home schools to, to teach some of the radical agenda that's out there. Fortunately, I was, I was looking into the issue of homeschooling recently because there's been a huge uptick in homeschooling thanks to the pandemic. Parents who saw what the schools were and were not doing to teach their kids and who took up homeschooling in huge numbers. There is a very robust pro-homeschooling movement out there. Even here in Illinois, one of the most leftist states in the country, they have been unable to, to really infringe on the rights of homeschool parents at all. I remember maybe about 10 years ago, 4,000 homeschoolers descended on Springfield and put to stop a, an attempt to, um, to force regulation of homeschooling in this state, rather than trusting parents to have their kids' best interests at heart. We don't need the government to step in and tell us how to educate our kids and how to read and write. We, we can do that as moms and dads. So I'm encouraged by the grassroots movement that is so strong in this area, but uh, let's not be complacent. You need to be engaged with a group like IFI, Pro-Life Action League, and others 
to know when there's a time for you to call your state representative or your federal congressman to stop any attempt to uh, force this type of poison on our kids in schools. Well, IFI is hearing that the legislature may take up a so-called death with dignity bill. They call it end-of-life care. They make it sound nice, but it's troublesome, at, to say the least. Every country, every state where they enact one of these euthanasia bills uh, and allow people to be killed with the help of, uh, of the state with physicians, it's abused. They're running human experiments on our desperate, sick, and elderly people. The horrific pain, I mean, this is, this is supposed to be death with dignity. The reality is that those who undergo these, these horrible death treatments are, are, are experience excruciating pain. It's difficult to kill a person. It takes a lot of chemicals, and those chemicals hurt. There's a, a Greg Schattenberg, a wonderful researcher up in Canada, has been talking about this issue and, and documenting these cases of abuse. It's a wild west of chemical concoctions to kill people out there and a tremendous amount of pain and suffering. There's no dignity in your final moments that are supposed to be a quiet, peaceful death being instead minutes, even hours of excruciating pain and then finally you have to be suffocated with a pillow. I and mean, that's the reality. A lot of this supposed death with dignity is eventually you just have to murder grandma or grandpa because the, the, the chemicals haven't kicked in the way they're supposed to deeply troubling. But I welcome that fight because I think they'll lose. I think that when we can present to the Illinois people how horrifically inhumane euthanasia really is, I think this bill will not survive. But only if we're diligent, only if we're on top of it every step of the way. Make a few phone calls to your state lawmakers. Make those phone calls, those emails. Come out to a rally or a protest as well. You know, we need to be very vocal. So that's one of the issues we'll be working to, uh, to stay on top of in the next legislative session. Eric, how can folks who are listening join the peaceful efforts of the Pro-Life Action League to help protect moms and their babies? You can find us on social media at Pro-Life Action, so facebook.com slash prolifeaction. Prolifeaction.org is our website where you can find out what we're up to. You can sign up for emails so that you are in the loop. You find out when things are happening. Uh, we have uh, coming up, you know, post-election, we've got our Peace in the Womb Christmas caroling campaign all over the country. This year in particular, we're inviting people in other states to go out to closed abortion facilities, about 69 of them now, and sing Christmas carols and place a little baby in the manger to, to celebrate the victory of life, the victory that is every single birth of a, of a child into the world. So to find out about things like that, go to prolifeaction.org and sign up. Uh, visit us on facebook.com slash prolifeaction. Find us on Twitter. We are excited to work with you and be engaged in building a culture of life together here in Illinois and across the country. Eric Scheidler, God bless you and God bless the work of the Chicago-based Pro-Life Action League. Please join the Illinois Family Institute for our Pro-Life Apologetics Worldview Conference, Saturday, March 18th at the Village Church of Barrington. Scott Klusendorf, Dr. John Diggs, and Scott Phelps will help us better understand and explain the sanctity of human life to people in our sphere of influence. This timely special forum is an important opportunity to strengthen your biblical worldview and become better equipped to effectively engage with your family and friends who celebrate abortion. They help elect pro-abortion lawmakers to represent us in Springfield and Washington. To register, click events at IllinoisFamily.org or call 708-781-9328. 
please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action, and tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.